Merry Christmas, and Happy Holidays from Nutrier Performing Arts Stories. I'm Dwayne Burkhardt. Welcome to Part 4 of our very special Christmas interview with Suzanne Adams. A reminder that this special event is being presented without commercial interruption. But again, please do feel free to support this effort by going to Amazon.com, searching on my name, and buying, and hopefully reading, one or more of my books. In this episode, we talk about how Suzanne managed the difficult task of providing feedback and guidance in a positive way. We also talk more about casting, including the frankly incredible amount of reading she had to do on a weekly basis as she helped her students become the characters that they were playing. And finally, I get to tell Suzanne what I remember. And for all of us, say thank you. Here is part four of my interview with Suzanne Adams, which we will again join in progress. Um, oh, that's actually, that's a good question. Cause I, I would look at these people and I just, I, I instantaneously could sort of feel a number of students had the ability to go on to professional performing arts careers, but there were some students, Janet Vandegraaff, who I've had on the show already, um, who the moment I stood on stage with them or even saw them on stage, I had this inner sense that, yeah, they're going to make a living at this. Do you remember Janet in Dylan? She did a scene from Dylan. I remember, yeah. It was wonderful. I, I remember uh, Janet was uh, my very first co-star Frost Off, uh, but Toby Nicholson cast us in I Remember Mama. And that was kind of my, and I told her that my introduction to that moment when she's on stage with me was like, I realized, oh my God, this is the level of excellence that's here. And I need to bring my A game every day because, you know, this is, it, I need to step up because everybody is at this, this level. And so, but yeah, it, it, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely beside myself at how fortunate we all were in, in that moment. Next question. I, I assume, and this is about you as a as a as a teacher, but also as a sort of guide in um, exploring our creative potential as as performers. I assume that you were aware of just how coveted your approval was when we were working, and this is again true for generations of students. But I also know that honesty and integrity in feedback was incredibly important to you. How, when, when you're talking with and teaching and helping to nurture and, and growing high school students into performers, how do you manage that balance? I'd like to give you an example that's not from uh, Nutrier, but it, it just came to mind as you were talking. Well, how do you make a uh, suggestion that is not crippling, you know, that, that that is going to allow the actor to find what's important. I I worked for a while with the Boulder Repertory Theater, which was a small professional theater run by Frank Georgiana, who worked the right way. He he worked well, and I was at one point playing a very disagreeable woman. I 
disliked this woman very much. I disliked everything about her. And I had worked very hard at finding the disagreeable parts in myself that I could bring to play this really awful woman. And I'd worked so hard on it that I'd ignored the physicality of the woman. And Frank, who was directing this, said after rehearsal one day, I don't think you found the body of the character yet. That was an excellent direction. So then I could think, oh yes, her back hurts. That's why she moves the way she does. And her hands are stiff. She can't do with them what she used to be able to do. Of course she's crabby. She doesn't look the way she looked. Of course she resents that young woman. You know, he didn't say any of that. He didn't say walk stupid or walk or let your hands be stiff. He said, I don't believe you've yet found the body. You know, <laughs> so that that is what I tried to do. It, it, and you you did. Uh, I would I would I didn't say this in the question, but I should be clear that you were extraordinarily good at it. And that was something that I mean, it, and 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 also, again, coming back to an earlier point, you were extraordinarily good at knowing things about us that we didn't know about ourselves. And the the two roles that you gave me that I will never forget, one was Marty, Patty Shevsky's Marty, and the other uh, was uh, Private Lives. And I, I don't know how, and Carolyn and I have talked about this, I don't know how you looked at the two of us and said, these two 17-year-old kids who have never been married and have never dated have within them the angst and frustration and love and annoyance abilities within them to play a 40s-something divorced couple that both love and hate each other at the same time and and to draw that out of people. And you're able, and and yes, in, in in the form of direction, you're able to I, and I can't, I unfortunately, sadly, I can't remember every single moment, which is tragic for me now, but there, but in, you were able to draw that out of us. You were able to put us in the position and then draw that out of us. So I guess the question that I'm coming to eventually is as a director, how did you help people? How do you help actors find the pieces within them that, especially as high school kids, they don't even realize they have in their own souls yet. First, I believe we all do have everything. Uh, and as teenagers, you have you have little bits of every experience that you need to amplify another 25 years or so of life and, and, and another development of a relationship. But you have cared for people and you have had relationships become severed and 16 or 17 years of life. Uh, I looked at you very carefully, but then I had some additions. I had your actor's notebooks. Oh, yes. And do you remember, I would ask you, I, I would ask you to write everything about the character, every, says about himself, everything every other character says about your character. Oh, I remember that now. You're right. Wow. Right. And so there was all of that. And then after you have harvested everything you could get from the play, 10 ways you're like the character and 10 ways you're different. And then another 10 like and another 10 different until you come up with 100 ways you're like this character and 100 ways you're different. And when you've done that kind of introspection, you find a lot. And 
since I had access to that material and your actor's journals, which were observation journals, that that was help. And I, I did look at you and I thought about you a very great deal. I When did you sleep? <laughs> because you had like, I mean, good Lord. I'm just thinking about all these journals. Because when you said that, I remember suddenly, yes, I remember writing all of these things. You had 80 plus students each year in this senior group. That's that's 800. I mean, that, that, how many? That, I can't even. I, I'm trying to imagine the amount of reading material. And you talked about how Christmas was. We all thought Christmas was just something you just like floated out of your head in five minutes because you were that good. Oh. Yeah, but I mean, good heavens! You were were you like reading till three a.m. every day? Is that? I would say that I worked hard, except it was so much joy that I couldn't say that it, it was. It was. It was not a job. It was a joy. I, I just loved it. So it wasn't hard, but it was what I wanted to do. Well, that is that is a, the the scope of when you just gave me that answer. The scope of what you were doing kind of hit me, and I kind of realized that, yeah, the, that many students with that many journals and that many things to keep. And you talked about how that at that time in your life you could remember things. Uh, you needed to because that is on the order of you know eight hundred things a day plus that you were having to keep track of. That is that's extraordinary. And, uh, and I think an indicative of, of why you were probably the most perfect person in the world to be in, to be placed in the position that you were in at the time that you were, it's part of that sort of magic. I was certainly the luckiest person. Well, one of my favorite parts of these podcasts is the part where I get to tell my guests what I remember about them. So I know you know, I, I, well, you may not remember this, but I know you did, you did know this. So the first thing I want to tell you is about something that happened early in my senior year. An underclassman who had obviously already heard you know, some of the stories about the legendary Mrs. Adams and was clearly nervous about, about meeting you, asked me what you were like. And I said, you were a lot like Hepburn. And he immediately said, Audrey or Catherine? And I said, yes. <laughs> and and I said that because I because I, I said, you did, I, I think, and I still do, I think you do at least slightly resemble Audrey Hepburn. I, I just think you have that, that look and that you had uh, at least the talent that Catherine had. And you later found out that I had said this and you were apparently very flattered by this comparison. <laughs> And and I have to tell you, what was funny was just, this just tells you something about me. I was actually confused because I wasn't intending to be flattering. There are times when I intend to be flattering. There's times when I'm not. I thought I was just being accurate. And but the the thing that I but those are the things that I remember about you that you had this sort of there was this regal sense about you. And again, this comes down to the ability that you had to create an atmosphere in the classroom that the again the reverence of of the and the importance of what we were doing and again that's something that comes through with a lot of people on this podcast who remember classes with you and 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 that that feeling that's something that, it, that that's probably the first thing that i remember and then associated immediately with that is this sense of calm and direction and purpose towards a you know the goal of uh of turning us into better performers and and frankly better people 
and I think that was something. So that's the thing that I that I remember most about you. So thank you, thank you. So I I also that one of the things that I learned that was really important. There's there, well, there's 12 million things that I can say that I I learned from you that were really important. But one of the things that was a very very useful life lesson that ended up really immediately helping me as I went from Nutrier and on into my life was that theater was and is in no way a meritocracy. And that was a very difficult lesson for me for, for whatever reason at, at the time, but it was also unbelievably useful and valuable and important to me. And, and the last thing that I will say is I think I did not, I, I've really failed to understand and appreciate at the time. I, I knew that everything that we were doing was going to make all of us better performers. And I think everybody came into your class and came out of your class with a sense of having had this experience and be, and we're now, and we were all much better than we would have been at the craft and at uh, at the the skills that we developed. I don't think I appreciate it, and I don't know if other people would say the same thing or not, just how incredibly valuable and how multidisciplinary the skills were that that you in particular taught us and how they were going to be as we go went on to to live our lives. You know, when I think about when I think about the things that I've done, I uh, I taught military law for 18 months. I I had the opportunity to spend five years as a lay minister. I I was in business for many years. I obviously ran for Congress a couple of times. There, in every one of those moments, and I think that there are thousands of new Trier students out there who can say similar things about their lives. And they could also say that in all of those experiences, there's a piece of Suzanne Adams that's there with them. You honor me, Dwayne. <laughs> that, and it's because, because those things, because what we picked up, the skills that we picked up were with us in those moments Anytime you are in any kind of a position where you're interacting with other human beings. And so I think that the one of the most beautiful things about this magic time is and 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 your part of it is that it wasn't just that you made us better performers. It was that you made us better people. And that is special. Thank you. So <laughs> I sort of made it through the through the podcast here. Um you're beautiful. You're beautiful. I want to thank you so much for for being here. This has just been uh you're the big get. So uh and and you're the you're the podcast that everybody's like, oh, you got Suzanne Adams, Mrs. Adams is gonna be on. Oh, yeah, of course I'll do it. So uh you you're definitely the show that I, I know that everybody is most looking forward to listening to. And so having you here just, and also just having the chance to talk to you again is, is always wonderful. So thank you so much for being here today. I love this. Thank you. Over and over. I just, this is, this is so fun. And uh, I love the opportunity to, to do this uh, with and, and for all of you. 
So um, our guest today has been Suzanne Adams, the uh, the once and forever queen of Nutrier Theater. And we thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Bye-bye. Nutrier Performing Arts Stories is a copyrighted production of Narratives Incorporated. It is written, directed, produced, and in this special case, ho-ho, hopefully well edited, by yours truly, Dwayne Burkhardt. For more information, or to suggest a guest or sponsor for our podcast, please email info at NutrierPADStories.com. And join us next week at our regularly scheduled time. That would be Thursday, December 29th, for a special WNTH edition of the show, when we will be joined by Nutrier's first female rock jock, Christine Polidorus-Webster. Thanks for listening. See you next time.